Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for September 2022, episode 67. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, and editor here at the Arcade Repair Tips website and video blog. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself. You see him on the videos, Tim Peterson. Tim, how are you? Wow, I'm just sitting there... Looking at 67, that's a lot of episodes, isn't it? Yeah, you know, here's the thing. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but like when we did the podcast, we never really got to 100. I, I don't know. Right. I feel like a hundred. if you get to 100 of something, you need to change what you're doing. And that's right. kind of what we did, right? So right. if we're getting close to 100, maybe we need to change up what we're doing. Well, we'd be to syndicated change. then or something. Uh, who knows? But maybe I can just watch reruns after that. There right. you go. We'll figure it out. But anyway, guys, we're glad that you're here tonight to watch us. We're going to be going over some of your questions in our outline that you guys have sent in over the past month as well is talking about some news that has been released as well. Uh, but before we get into all of that, Tim, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, we had the last month we were talking about the drought and the heat, and now we've actually got rain, and it's been raining a lot and kind of uh, filling up our water tables and providing some relief, but with the rain comes the humidity. So now, instead of it being 105 degrees, it's 90 degrees and feeling like 105. Yes. <laughs> and we're sweating twice as much. That is true. Yeah, so. so, yeah, exactly. So the temperature is down, humidity is up, and uh, when you walk outside, you just start sweating, like Tim said. Yeah. So. Uh, but we have rain, which is good. In fact, we're kind of in a storm where we are right now. Last night, guys, I lost power and internet, which is actually kind of rare for mm-hmm. me. So if we go offline... Uh, don't worry, we will continue recording. If we lose power, I cannot guarantee we will be able to continue recording. Right. Um, I do do it on a laptop, Tim, so hopefully we'll be able to get something out to you guys. But uh, if we do, uh, if we if you do lose us, it's probably because we lost internet or power. So hopefully you'll just bear with us. We'll be back soon. Uh, but uh, like I said, we're just thankful to have the rain. The rain is a big blessing here because, as Tim mentioned, we were in a drought last month. So, yep. mm-hmm. uh, and we have been getting a lot more rain. And Tim, that was probably one of the cooler ends of August that we've had because typically the end of august is pretty miserable but the rain made it somewhat more bearable yeah i'm hoping the 100 degree days are over though absolutely well this will be a good time to remind you guys that you can join us if you're watching live in the live chat and so tim we already have several people in here we have encore mpw is here he says hello hello we have the real hammer billy lee says hey hey Hey, billy (laughs) we've got uh, geek light 08 he says hi all hello we've got the regular show says hello And NTR President says, good evening, gents. Good evening. So, good evening to you. We hope that uh, this live show finds you well and that you guys are 
doing good wherever you are. But uh, we're glad to have everybody watching tonight. And remember that you can leave your comments and questions in the live chat as we go through the show. Now, Tim, you may remember last month that we gave away a little Karate Champ Arcade. We did. During the live show. And I'm happy to announce that went to Cold Fangs and Flesh. Okay. okay, which you guys may remember from some of the live shows, right? Yeah. I, I have his real name, but that's his YouTube username. We want to go by that because most of you guys who are in the live chat will probably know him by that. But he did win. Tim picked a number at random of all the <laughs> little entries that we had, and he was the one that won. And we have already shipped that mini Karate Champ arcade to him. So congratulations, Cold Things and Flesh, for winning the Karate Champ mini arcade. And we will be giving out something else tonight, Tim. Okay. And so we'll probably wait a little bit longer into the show here before we actually give it away. But uh, if you guys want to send in your um, entries, we'll talk about how you can do that at that time. So make sure you stay tuned if you're watching live to get a chance to win another prize tonight for watching the live show. YouTube Punk is here, and he says, let's go, Tim. All right. So with that in mind, let us go ahead and get into the questions for this month. And the first one we have is from Nick. And so I'll throw this up on the screen for you guys. And Nick says, I was given a Golden T4 machine. When I turn it on, I get the screen in in the picture. I looked through some other posts about screen issues and mine did not see or and did not see any screens that look like mine. I am leaving it on to see if the tube just needs to warm up. I have read about different things to check, but I'm not a circuit guy. I called the local repair guys and they have not called me back. Any help would be appreciated. Layman's terms would be helpful. Now Tim, Nick did send a picture here and we are looking mm-hmm. at the picture of what his screen looks like. And so uh, Tim, just looking at Nick's screen here, do you have any suggestions for Nick as to what he can do to get his Golden T4 back up and running? Yeah, probably everybody in the chat room, that especially the regulars, are going to recognize that picture being, uh, it's out of sync. It's yes. not syncing up. Kind of think of it, guys, if you're my age, Jonathan, back in the day, uh, if you wanted to watch HBO and you didn't have it, it would be all out of sync, but you could kind of wiggle the ears really good or stand and hold your hand up and a piece of metal or something or tinfoil on your head and you might get a little picture for a little bit and then it would go to this scrambled kind of screen and so that's what we're talking about it's out of sync it's just not lined up right so uh, a couple ways to fix that uh, the, the easiest one sometimes it just needs an adjustment so you can adjust both the horizontal and the vertical so what they're kind of working against each other if you want to say it like that and nobody's winning <laughs> and they're just kind of fighting and sometimes you can adjust that and they'll come in to, the picture will come in uh, a lot of times it's in the wiring or just a cold solder joint or stuff but usually out of sync as long as the game is playing is usually um, not too hard to fix it's, most of the time it's adjustable if it's not going to adjust out you might have a circuitry issue that you might have to go in and rebuild the chassis or have your chassis sent off for repair maybe a cap kit uh there's some sync issues known sync issues with certain ones that we could troubleshoot a little bit further if we found out what kind of monitor that he had but first thing we're going to do is to try to do some physical uh knob adjustments and especially the horizontal and vertical hold to see if we can't get that picture to come in Sounds good, Tim. Now, when you're talking about adjusting the horizontal and vertical, uh, guys, there's a lot of times there's a hold or maybe a sync adjustment on the monitor itself. And if you watch our video on adjusting an arcade monitor, you can see where those are typically located. But that's what he's talking about. So horizontal and vertical, hold, sync on your monitor chassis. Try to adjust those. That's probably the first place to go, right, Tim? That's definitely where I'm going to start because, like I said, 
if we want to give a percentage number, about half the time you can kind of just dial it in and it'll work. Uh, the other half, it usually takes a little bit more work or something to get get to that point. But uh, these are the same similar issues where I've seen guys hit the side of the cabinet and it would work. Um, if it does that, there's probably a solder issue or something. Um, but um, those are good places to start. Anyway. And the same thing with like leaving the monitor on for a while to let it heat up. Right. right? Like the same kind of thing. And I think that he mentioned that in his, uh, yeah, he's like, I am leaving it on. I'm leaving it on to see if the tube just needs to warm up. A lot of times if the tube needs to warm up, it's because there's a cold solder joint or maybe a part that just needs to kind of get warmed up before it actually work. If it's a cold solder joint, sometimes the heat will, the expansion from the heat on that mm-hmm. solder joint will make the connection. And so when you leave it on for a while, it'll kind of expand that solder and then make a connection for a little bit, at least until you turn it off, that heat goes away and then it goes back. So, But Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the uh, the outline here. Uh, so I went back to his question here. Okay, from your picture, it looks like your Golden T monitor is having a sync issue, like Tim mentioned. Make sure that the video input wires that run from the game board to the monitor are making a good connection. And Tim, you mentioned wiring here. Uh, that's very common if the sync wire or the ground wire is not making a good connection to the board. This can happen, right? Correct. Or sometimes they will be um, linked in together, like the horizontal and vertical sync, and sometimes that'll just come undone or... Uh, it'll just be twisted. I've seen a lot of issues with those wires right there. Absolutely. So check for cold, cracked, and or broken solder joints on those video input pins and reflow them if needed. So you can usually tell if there's a cracked solder joint. Sometimes you can't. So if you right. can't, just you may just touch it up just to be on the safe side. You can also try adjusting the horizontal vertical sink slash hold adjustments on the monitor to see if it helps the issue. Make sure that your B plus voltage on your monitor is correct as well. That's a very big thing. We've seen monitors go out of sync if the B plus voltage is low uh, or sometimes high. So make sure that that B plus is what it's supposed to be on your monitor. If that checks out, you're probably having a problem with sync components on your chassis. And like Tim mentioned, if you give us a make and model of your monitor, we'd be happy to help you troubleshoot whatever that sync issue is. A little bit harder to do if we don't know that information. So uh, Nick, if you're watching this and you get to that point, you still can't get it synced, send us the make and model of your chassis and we can help you out further. Right, Tim? Yeah. Okay. So we, we, oh, go ahead. We've shot a video, you know, that pretty much deals with this. So I know that he can watch that and talk about adjusting an arcade monitor may help him some. Absolutely. Anything else for Nick here, Tim, before we move on? No, we'll go ahead and go. Sounds good. So, Nick, hopefully that answers your question, and good luck getting your Golden T4 monitor synced back up. Okay, Tim, well, we got a couple of uh, comments here. Rexer Show says, why don't all monitors have both a horizontal and vertical sync called external knob, for example, a Nintendo CRTs? You know, it just depends on the way the chassis is designed, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. So some chassis are designed for adjustment and some are not. Uh, you know, Nintendo monitors are a little bit more specific than other monitors as far as the way that they work and the um, circuit boards that they're connected to. And so that may be why you don't find those as often on those. But it just really depends on how whoever built the board, kind of whatever they decide to do as far as that is concerned. So, you know, I wish I wish we had more adjustments on every monitor. I right. want to be able to adjust everything. But at the same time, Tim, if you've ever worked on a digital monitor, sometimes being able to adjust everything is not a good thing. Right. So, so um, it just really depends. But uh, it just depends on who the manufacturer was and whoever was designing the board. Uh, as Schaefer says, I've got a MacVision 3M25 Waya chassis, Tim. Okay. Uh, that just goes, snick, 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 okay. um, repeatedly when I power it on. Doesn't sound like a flyback short. Doesn't have the zap sound. What would you suspect? Yeah, kind of more of a ticking sound. Well, Us- I, I don't know. That that almost sounds like a sick, 
I'm not sure. Like, is it more of a hiss or is it more of like a, uh, I mean, the K on the end makes me think more of a tick, maybe. Yeah. Like a, like a, a hiss tick kind of thing, maybe. Um, uh, S. Schaefer, if you're watching this, let us know. Um, so maybe more of a hiss to a tick kind uh-huh. of thing. So what do you think, Tim? Well, if it is, normally a cap, there's, there's some filter caps and stuff in there that will cause that. Uh, you'll hear that sound. Uh, you could have a bad flyback, though, going out, so be careful if that, you know, will hiss at you, kind of. We always think if it's a hiss sound, it's kind of like, think of like a snake hissing at you and warning you that get don't don't get near me. So be careful there. But a lot of times, it's just a cap kit that you can do and replace that. So he says it's a hiss, then a tick. That, I mean, the ticking, anytime I hear ticking, I think flyback, even though you're saying, I know you're saying that it doesn't seem like it's shorted. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not hearing the zap sound. You don't always hear the zap sound right. with a bad flyback. Sometimes you just get a hiss. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just get a tick. It sounds like you're getting kind of a combination. Combination, yeah. Right. So, I mean, Tim said, it, yes, the, the the hissing sound typically is a cap. Like, we'll mm-hmm. hear a cap when it's hissing. But a ticking sound, typically not so much a cap. Typically more on, like, a flyback or... Uh, yeah, it'll all, uh, when it's usually a cap, it'll almost be so shrill, it'll almost hurt your ears. It bothers my ears when a cap is leaking like that. Right. Uh, so it probably is this flyback. So probably thinking more along the flyback here, as Schaefer. Um, so, I mean, your best, you know, what you may want to do is doing a visual inspection of it, because sometimes if there's just a small crack in a flyback, you will get that hiss and tick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, make sure that the whole flyback is good. Um, and I would desolder it and just check the bottom as well. Because we've seen it to where visually the flyback is good, but the bottom is where the damage is. Right. And so I would actually desolder the flyback from the chassis, look at the bottom as well, and make sure that checks out. So, anything else, Tim? No, very good advice, John. Okay, there we go. Uh, Danny says, glad to see you guys again. Hopefully you're doing okay. I'm trying to rest and recover from uh, double hernia surgery. I think some arcades helped with it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we wish the best for you, Danny. We hope that you recover very soon. Uh, you know, any kind of surgery is never is never fun, Tim. No matter yeah. what it is. So, uh, Danny, we hope we wish you the best. And obviously, uh, Tim, it's probably something that we're all going to have at some point. Right. right. <laughs> so. Back surgery, hernia <laughs> surgery uh, comes with the territory. That's right. I mean, if you're moving arcade games, guys, it's kind of, it's kind of part of it. So, anyway, we wish you the best. Recover soon, Danny. Uh, let's see, Razor Show. A lot of times, you can't see a crack in the flyback. That is true too. So, um, you know, we've seen ones where a hairline crack is one of the hardest things to see in plastic like that. And so sometimes you need to get it under a, uh, you know, something like a really bright light magnifying light if Mm -hmm. you can in order to really be able to inspect it well. So um, it just, you know, like I said, sometimes you just can't see it. I mean, we've had it before where we knew it was a bad flyback, but we didn't necessarily know we could see it. So visual inspection is good, but you can't always trust it. Right, Tim? Correct. So there we go. Uh, and then you put YouTube Punk says, welcome back, Danny, as well. So best wishes right. to Danny. We hope you recover soon. Okay, Tim, I think we're caught up. So with that in mind, we are going to go to the next question, Tim. And the next question was the inspiration for the title of today's mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> so the cocktail in my mom's basement. Tim, um, that is what we're going to talk about. This is an interesting question. I really like this one. Okay, so here we go. So this is from Brenda, Tim. Okay. Hello, I found the attached game in my mother's basement. The box has never been opened. 
Okay. Okay, never been open. Since it was originally sent to her old address of 40 years ago, I'm hoping you can help me as I can't find any information on the internet. First question, how do we get it to work? Hoping you can help or send me in the right direction. Now, you guys will see uh, that this cocktail unit looks like it's missing the legs, Tim. It's only, it's it's got like just the, um, it's, it's got the top part. Uh-huh. It's got like the little black box underneath, but it doesn't look like it has la- legs. Yeah. Unless this was meant to literally sit on a counter. Or the glass <laughs> on top. Right, exactly. Yeah. No glass either. And then she has some other things. She has the address, which she said was her mom's from 40 years ago. Uh, and it says amusement sales and distribution. So, and it's from Ajax, Ontario. So that's in Canada, Tim. Uh, we have a serial number, but it looks like that's in Japanese here, there, Tim, where it says uh, serial anyway. Yeah, okay. And then we have something that says Cosmic Monster, serial number 808497. Okay. And then we have this uh, little insert that says Astro Wars. Okay. Okay. That- that so, makes more sense. I love all the pictures. I thought this was really cool. We've got a lot of different pictures here, Tim. And so we have Brenda here. She doesn't know where to start. And she's wondering, what can she do to get her 40-year-old basement cocktail working again? <laughs> well, So, Brenda, if you're watching this, hopefully we can help you out. I think that everybody here is a little bit jealous right now, right? Who wouldn't want to find this find? Right. And, um, and it, I don't know if it was brand new, the game never been played, or if it was used. She says and the she box was n- has never been opened. Right. So, Until like, they, literally, they put it in a corner of the basement and, like, forgot about it. Wow. And that's crazy. Right. But stranger things have happened, right? And it looks like, yeah, it never got put together. But as with any game, um, you know, we're just going to always start at power. We're going to plug it in. And follow the power wires to where they go. Uh, there probably is an on-off switch there somewhere. Uh, so I would look for um, any kind of interlock switches or on-off buttons. Uh, it may be as simple as firing it up and turning it on um, and seeing what, what how to go from there. Uh, without any further, it's going to be hard. Would be hard to determine what uh, what's wrong with it without knowing if it will power on at all. You know, right. will the monitor work? If you're getting blind, what are we at from this point? Now, Tim, I do want to just point out something here. I want to put these pictures back up. If you look at that Astro Wars little instruction card uh-huh. there, and you see the little screen in the bottom, near the bottom right-hand corner, yeah. the white screen, you'll notice it looks for like it a game like in Space particular. Invaders. Space Invaders. So um, mm-hmm. here's the thing. There is an Astro Wars game that uh-huh. was made by an Italian company. It starts with a Z, and I can't remember it at the moment. This does not look like that game. No. This looks like a Space Invaders copy or clone. Clone, yeah. And um, if you do if you do some research on Cosmic Monsters, okay. that is also a Space Invaders style clone. Okay. Okay, so it looks like this is probably a clone game of some sort off of Space Invaders. It is not the Astro Wars that's that was made by the Italian company I can't think of at the moment. So it's not that Astro War. Wars. It is actually a Space Invaders clone that was made by this company, and it's got the Astro Wars instruction card, and it's got Cosmic Monster on the box. So, yeah, what again, a find. Yeah, exactly. So, um, a lot of these Space Invaders clones, not all of them were documented, Tim, because, you know, clone boards, they just produce as many as they can, you know, knockoffs or whatever. Uh, and so, this is definitely a knockoff Space Invaders is what we have here. Uh, but, Tim, like you mentioned, any time that we're going to start a repair, where are we going to start with? Power? We're always start at Power. Um, you get a multimeter, you're going to check the wires and make sure that they're still good. It'd be really surprising that the, the that even all this time that the power supply still worked because of just dried caps and things like that. But we got a couple videos that she could watch on checking an arcade power supply and 
Um, parts of an archaic, things like that may also just help her with general, but we'd love to follow up on this one for sure. Yeah. Oh, and that, that tank company is uh, Zach, Zacharia. Zacharia. Yeah. Uh, Zakaria, this is not the Zakaria Astro Wars here. Okay. This is definitely a Space Invaders clone Astro Wars kind of thing. So, uh, Tim, I'm just going to go ahead and put up this uh, the little information slide. So it looks like your Astro Wars is a Space Invader clone of some sort, like we mentioned, Tim. As for the repair, it's best to start a power when you don't know where to start, right, Tim? So work from the plug all the way into the cabinet. Make sure your game is getting voltage to all components, game board, monitor, etc., you can do this with a multimeter. Some common places for AC voltage issues include interlock switches, power switches, line filters, fuses, and damaged wiring. See our post on basic troubleshooting of an arcade game and checking a classic power supply for some tips that can help you on your repair journey. Tim, I really do think that this is probably the best place to start, but here's the thing. I sent Brenda an update letting her know that we were going to be covering her question on the live show, and she sent back... What it's doing. Okay, So uh, she actually sent back a picture. So this is what it looks like when it boots up, Tim. Okay. So um, sorry for the poor lighting, she says. So we know that the game is powering up now. Okay. Okay, still a good idea to check the voltage, okay? We want to make sure that we're getting good voltage to our game board. It's very important. Uh, Could be a game board issue, Tim. As you can see, the game is obviously not booting. Right. So we've got color bars at the top of the screen, but we don't have a whole lot else. Uh, so, you know, check our post on inspecting an arcade board, Brenda, I think at this point, to make sure that all the stuff is seated properly. Um, but very important to make sure we have good voltage, right, Tim? Yeah, I would still suspect an older power supply that hadn't been turned on in 40 years was gonna, would give you issues. Absolutely. Check the connectors on these boards, Tim, especially the harness, um, the harness connection between the board and the wiring, obviously. But also, if it's a tiered board, and I couldn't tell, I think it was a stack board set, Tim. Mm-hmm. Stack board set, make sure that you've got it that the stack board set is together making a good connection between the boards and that any socketed chips are making a good connection as well. We talk about a lot of this in our inspecting an arcade board video and post, and so we definitely recommend you go over that. Uh, Now, beyond that, Tim, it could just be that the board is not working anymore because it's been in storage for this long. And so at that point, Brenda, we may have to either send off your board for repair or we may have to, you know, walk you through some troubleshooting tips that may can help you out. Um, You know, we know it's a clone of Space Invaders, but we don't know how close it is to the original board set, right, Tim? Right. And so, you know, that's a good question. We'd have to kind of figure that out. I mean, if it's it's a direct clone of the board set for the most part, then the original schematic should work, Mm -hmm. which means that we could, you know, we could use those to help you troubleshoot. If not, we may have to find find something to help you troubleshoot the nice thing is that the age of this game the electronics were a lot more simple and they're a lot more a lot more large in size which makes it a little bit easier to troubleshoot and so uh, let's start again with power though let's make sure that we're getting good voltage to the board Uh, in these games we could probably find you a space invaders pin out and tell you where the voltage should be on each of those pins because it's probably pretty close and then kind of go from there but uh, if you have additional questions brenda please let us know uh this is a wonderful story right right it's obviously a color version of it too, probably. Right, exactly. We saw color bars on the screen, and I'll go ahead and throw that back up here so we can see. We saw the color bars in the upper left-hand corner of the mm-hmm. screen, so we do know this is a color version, which means it's a little bit more updated than what the black and white versions are, Tim. Yeah. Monitor works, which is really promising as well. So mm-hmm. it looks like it probably has a 13 in there. I can't tell by the size of the cocktail. Maybe a 9. 
<laughs> pretty uh, small. Yeah, it's a pretty small monitor there, So, uh, but it is working. So it really does seem more like a board issue at this point, Brenda. So again, let's start with some power. Make sure we're getting good voltage to some of the components and everything. And then uh, we'll start walking through some of the steps in our inspecting an arcade board and then move from there. If you have any additional questions, please contact us and let us know. And we'll be happy to help you out further. So, Tim, anything else for Brenda? No, what's the live chat? They probably had some chimed in on no, that one nothing, a little bit. No, nothing more. Um, YouTube Punk says Brenda needs someone to film her trying to turn it on. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know if they filmed it, uh, YouTube Punk, but obviously she did turn it on. So what a great that. story, though, and we'd love to keep up with you, Brenda, and see um, how your progress is coming with that. Right, and I mean, the question is, like, what was her mom's history, right? Was she an operator, or right. was anybody in your family an operator at some point, or did, you know, they just buy this at some point to have in their house? Yeah, like, or well, was yeah. your mom like a QVC person where she just bought stuff and never <laughs> opened it or something, you know? <laughs> Is there a Maybe. cabbage patch there that's worth like ten thousand dollars? You never, you know? hey, you never know what you'll right. find. You know, it's, it's amazing the stuff we keep, Tim. I think yeah, about that all I the time. So I mean, we have so much stuff that we keep just as individuals, and so you know, she, he obviously kept that around for a while because she liked it or something. So, or she just never went through her stuff one or the other. But uh, we were, we wish you the best of luck, Brenda, getting it working. And again, uh, we put links down below to some of the videos that'll help you out in the show notes for this. So make sure you check those out and let us know if you need additional help. Okay, Tim, let us move on to the next question. This one is from Noel, Tim. Okay. And Noel says, Hey, my name is Noel, and I recently came across your channel. I own a Sega Spider-Man arcade, and I'm looking to move it out of my current place and into my next place, but it's too heavy and big to get it out. I was wondering how to remove the monitor. What are the steps to removing it? Now, Tim, he sends us a picture of his Spider-Man. Okay, so you can see it here. It's mm -hmm. pretty simple setup. Uh, it looks like he's already taken the control panel off of the, yeah. the cabinet. So he's already has a little bit of familiarity with mm -hmm. removing things from the cabinet. We know that. But, uh, Tim, this looks like most of the cabinets that we've seen, I guess, as far as you know, pulling monitors out of. Yeah. So um, uh, with that in mind, what steps can Noel take in order to take the monitor out of his Spider-Man so he can actually get it located, relocated mm -hmm. into his new place? Well, well, we'll start off real basic. Number one, get a good friend. You're going to need two probably... <laughs> It's going to take two people to do this. Uh, you're going to want to discharge the monitor first. Then be real safe. Make sure that you do it a couple times and make sure that it's not stored up any power. And then after that, you're just going to basically, any wires, I would take pictures back there like you have. Um, and any wires that are connected to it coming from the game board, power wires that are coming up, those are going to be need to be disconnected. After those are disconnected and it's um, discharged, uh, it's pretty simple after that. There's probably four bolts that are holding it up there. In the, so you go around to the front of the game like you're playing it. You take out them bolts if they're bolted in um, to the frame where it should still sit there. But be careful once you take those out, it could come loose. That's where having a friend that can hold up the back or kind of push it forward for you so then you can grab it. And, um, and get it out of there. Uh, fortunately, we have shot a video on this um, pretty extensive, so you can watch our video on replacing our arcade monitor, and I think it will be very, very uh, self-explanatory after watching it on how to do it. But just be careful, and uh, if there's um, any s little steps I missed, I'm sorry, but it's really not that difficult. Once you get everything discharged, unhooked, and you just uh, take the bolts out and pull it out. Yeah, and Tim, uh, like you said, having a friend is pretty important. You don't necessarily need it, 
but it's harder to pull the monitor out from the front without somebody pushing on the back. Yeah. That's probably the hardest part of this whole process. And so when you have somebody there, like a buddy or something, who can push on the back of that frame to kind of prop it up, makes the whole process Yeah, a whole and you just got to be real careful with the neck. We, You know this, and you know that it can break and stuff. So just take your time and just, uh, you know, it, it should kind of fall forward a little bit after you get those bolts out, and you can just kind of roll it out or just kind of push it forward and get it out. Uh, those bars that you see on the that go around the back of the chassis, they're good to hold on to. That's what they're made for, to kind of hold it and move it around. Uh, just make sure it's discharged. There you go. So I'll go ahead and throw this up here, Tim, so you can see. Uh, the process of removing the monitor from an arcade is not too difficult. We would recommend just charging the monitor, like Tim mentioned, before starting the removal process. Once that that's done. You can unplug the monitor, and basically, Tim, it's just two plugs, right? The input wires and the monitor power plug. Mm-hmm. Make sure you might have no, a ground wire. Yeah, sometimes you have a ground, so make sure that there's no ground wires attached to the frame of the monitor from the cabinet. It's very important. Uh, take out the four bolts, sometimes more. Sometimes there's screws too, Tim. But take those out in the front, and you should be able to pull the monitor out from the front, like Tim mentioned. You may need someone in the back to help push it out, and see our post and video on replacing an arcade monitor for more information on the process. So there you go, Tim. Uh, anything else for Null here before we move on? No, I think that it, if you'll watch that video, it'll be pretty easy, pretty self-explanatory. And we also link to the video down in the show notes, but you should also read the post as well. It has a lot of great information in it. So Null hopefully answers your question, and good luck getting the monitor out of your Sega Spider-Man game so you can get it moving. And we, Tim, we totally understand pulling a monitor out of a cabinet to make it lighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the monitor is a, especially 25-inch monitor like that, it's a huge piece of bulk inside that yeah. cabinet. It's like half the weight. Exactly. So once you remove that, it'll be much easier for you to move the rest of the cabinet. So, uh, Let's see. In, um, YouTube Punk says that Brenda was probably not into the hobby. She may end up selling it, but, she, but he would like to see it fixed. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess we'll get Brenda's opinion on that. Uh, she may want to get it fixed because it may be somewhat sentimental to her mm-hmm. since it was her mom's. But if you want to sell it, I'm sure there's some people who'd be willing to buy as well, right? For sure. Or trade you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, something something for Oregon, it. Right. NTR President, hey guys, do you know of any podcast videos which get into Redemption game repair? Many of the new Redemption pieces are video-based with ticket payout. Check out Baytech and Ice for examples. Tim here has like a plethora of experience <laughs> with Redemption games. Uh, at one time, we were going to film a lot of videos when he was working for Gaddy's and Chuck E. Cheese. We had permission, but um, neither one of those really worked out, unfortunately. Yeah, um, Arcade Matt, uh, I follow sometimes. Our, okay. Is it, I think it's Arcade Matt. Um on uh, I watch a lot of his TikTok videos and stuff, and there's a, there are some people out there that do that. And of course, if you have any questions, we'll be glad to try to tackle them. Since I did do that type of industry for over 20 years, um, so but but you, if if you have a specific question, go ahead. There, everything's really changed with the ticket readers and stuff now that. Uh, there's a lot less uh, dirt, yeah. <laughs> a lot less dust in the games. It requires a lot less game room attendance today than it used to, and having to fill tickets and stuff. But I mean, you you've had games that were very modern just at the places that you've worked, like Mr. Gaddy's and you know Chuck E. Cheese, just earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's like you know, he Tim still has a a lot of experience when it comes to redemption pieces. So if you need help, let us know. Um, let's see. Oh, and you can also call Baytech and Ice. Like right. you can call them. Um, that's one of the nice things. So, I mean, if you have a game that's on the fritz, I mean, they want to help you get it working because they want to sell you parts, right? Sure. So, I mean, a lot of times if whatever you, you know, whatever you're fixing needs a part, if you call them up, 
you know, just buy the part from them and you can get it working. They can walk you through the troubleshooting. But to answer his question, I don't really know of any specific podcast for that, or, although there probably is. And right. so if anybody in the in the group knows, um, look up that. I mean, you could tell us that. Um, but, of course, we would tackle any of those questions that we could and, and try to help you also. Absolutely. So, Super Nintendo Zach, anyone else excited to see arcade auctions popping up in DFW again? I'm sure I'm not alone. Absolutely. Our good friend David mm-hmm. is bringing some arcade auctions back to the Dallas area, Tim. So, uh, we hope that you guys will all go to that. Uh, what's his company? I always forget, Tim. American Amusement Thank Auctions. Thank you. American Amusement Auctions. You guys make sure that you uh, check out their website, AmericanAmusementAuctions.com, right? Yeah. And you can see the dates of when they're coming. Tim, I think we need to haul some stuff from our storage building to one so. of David's au- auctions. So, you guys may see us there if we end up... Uh, we end up hauling some stuff up um, we need to yeah i was about to say i've got you know i love my i love that ddr machine that's in storage but i don't know if i'm ever going to get around to actually working on it so right. you know it's one of those you know, i have a lot of stuff in storage guys that's like you want to get around to that you just don't have the time and we're paying for it every month so you say, know we might as well we could have bought a new pinball game for all the money we've been it's in true storage, so. it's true but you know what are you gonna do so um but anyway yes uh, american amusement auctions david's bringing his his show back uh look forward to seeing him and cedric and the whole crew right tim yep so hopefully we'll be able to make one of those. But uh, anyway, hey, it's a good way to get arcade games, guys. There's a lot of ga- uh, auction companies still around. Auction game sales is still around. Captain's Auction Warehouse. If you're in if you're in California, Captain's Auction Warehouse is a great place to get games. Uh, auction game sales, Tim. Um, they they've serviced like around Tennessee area and things mm-hmm. like the Carolinas. Uh, and then of course American Amusement Auctions. He's he's here in Texas, but he's a lot of other places too. So uh, take advantage of auctions, guys. If you want real arcade machines, it's one of the best ways to get them. So. Let's see what we got here. NGR President says, thanks. We do call them just looking for additional resources. So, yeah, I was about to mm-hmm. say, calling Baytech and ICE is a good way to get repair. They're very helpful, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim's got a lot of experience, you know, calling these guys and, and getting a lot of help. I understand. Uh, I wish we could have done all the videos when you were still working at a place that did Redemption games, but we just never got around to that. So we had permission, too, at one point. Right. But by all means, uh, feel free to send in those questions that you have or they're not getting answered or you're having issues, and we'll, we'll try to tackle them um definitely have worked on a lot of redemption games absolutely uh encore mpw what damage might be caused by turning a crt uh on without a remote board asking for a friend you know we haven't seen any damage from that necessarily but no. you will a lot of times you will not get a good picture right because you know those values basically if it's not hooked up those values run to infinity and so you're going to get something that looks really wonky when you don't have the remote board hooked up as far as like actual damage though tim i don't, I don't think, think you're going to so. have any damage um, but you, like I said, you do, you can't run it like that because those values are just going to run up and they're, they're not going to be dialed in properly. So you're going to have, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to just look totally off. So, um, definitely make sure you have the remote board plugged in. If you have an option, that's mm-hmm. the best way to do it. Um, let's see. Danny says, I don't have any arcade one up games, but I'm considering NFL blitz. We'll be talking about that a little bit longer, a little bit later in the podcast, right, Tim? Or the mm-hmm. live show. So, uh, Danny, hold on. Hold on to that thought. We'll come back to NFL Blitz for um, for the arcade one up. Let's see. Peter, what about New England to auctions up here? Um, don't know about don't know about anybody in the New England area. Auction game sales may make it up that way, Tim. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Uh, no, I don't know because we're we don't um, you know, we're not from there, so I don't right. know. But maybe somebody else knows. Hey, don't you have a trip coming up though? I do have a trip. Um, be uh, we'll announce it later. But I'll well, I can go ahead and make the announcement now. Um, as as you guys know, my work does. When I get caught up in my area, they like to um, I, I help out wherever I was in Florida. I was in upstate New York, and I have an upcoming trip in September. 
third week in September, I will be in north of Boston, about an hour in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. Massachusetts. That sounds good. So if you're out, if you're in that area, let us know. Questions mm-hmm. at ArcadeRepairTips.com, and Tim will get in touch with you if you guys want to go hang out at a arcade bar or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for know, sure. Like to tra- check out some places up there. Yeah. So uh, now uh, here's the thing too, Peter. If you contact... If you contact David at AmericanAmusementAuctions.com, he might be willing to he come might be up willing there to bring, if, to bring his uh, crew to your place if you can right. find a place to host the auction and if he thinks there's enough demand. So if you can get, you know, if you can get a couple of operators who may have a lot of access, excess in inventory, right, Tim, mm-hmm. to say, hey, we're going to bring at least ten or fifteen pieces to an auction, and then you know you have some collectors who may be willing to do that. David would probably bring his resources to New England if that's the case. So contact David at AmericanAmusementAuctions.com. And he may bring his uh, his show to your place. Yeah, so. I know a lot of it depends on the auctioneer's license, too, where they're licensed to do it. So that Absolutely. may be one thing. Oh, uh, Cole Thanks and Flesh. Hey, guys, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for the mini arcade machine you sent me. It's awesome. Many thanks. You see, there's a winner, Tim. Oh, yeah. He's, he's in the live chat tonight. We're glad you're here, and we're glad that you got the mini arcade, Cole Things and Flesh. So uh, He could be a double winner. That's true. Hey, why don't we go ahead and do that now since sure. he's here? Okay, so this time I've got a... Monopoly arcade Pac-Man game. Right. Model it for us, uh, Vanna White here. So it's an actual Monopoly game board mm-hmm. with a little mini arcade. That's right. Okay. So high, somewhat of collectible. Um, so you can win. Cool. So you can win this, and the way you enter is by sending an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com, and I want you to put Pac-Man in the subject line. Pac-Man. Okay, in the subject line. So send an email to to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and put Pac-Man in the subject line. Okay, um, and we will give this away. Tim will pick a winner at random, and this is cool. somebody will get this neat. in their mail for free. Neat. So here we go. There you go. There we go. Here, 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 here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, uh, email contest at arcaderepairtips.com and make sure you put Pac-Man in the subject line. Okay, that way I know that it's for the contest, right, Tim? So yep. contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Email us there. Pac-Man in the subject line. Did I say enough times? That's it. Okay. Pac-Man in the subject so line. So obviously, if you're watching this after the fact, you probably missed out, but this is for all the people who are watching live. Tim, we just want to promote people watching live. We want you to be here with us, right? Right. It's way more fun when we can interact with you during the show. So uh, again, for those of you guys who are live, Contest at ArcadeRepairTips.com. Pac-Man subject line. Make sure you send us your address too. Okay, we will need a place to ship it. We that we keep all that information private. We don't sell to anybody, but we do need a place to ship your Monopoly arcade game that we will be shipping. So there we go. Okay, enough about. Oh, um, let's see. YouTube Punk says the prizes are leveling up each episode. Hey, before you know, we'll be giving away an arcade one up, right, Tim? So there you go. But anyway, we'll probably go back down in the next episode. I don't know. Maybe we won't give away anything. We just gotta keep you watching, right? So anyway, uh, you guys enjoy, uh, enjoy that. Again, send an email. Let us, uh, you know, to enter the contest, and we'll uh, we'll uh, send somebody this nice little prize. So okay. Okay. Oh, there you go. In a few episodes, the prize will be Jonathan's DDR machine. Hey, yay! <laughs> you know, we may be able to work that out. So it'd be a nice. You're willing to travel and pick up. We That's we right. can work a deal. <laughs> I can give you a really great deal. Right. That's right. Uh, make sure, Danny. If it's you, you need to fully recover before you have another. That's right. Big <laughs> that thing. Exactly. So. <laughs> Okay, here we go, guys. The next question we have on our list is from Gary. And Gary says, where are the hue tint adjustments and the color adjustments on a monitor? Can you make the image black and white? 
What about the audio adjustments? So Tim, Gary's just kind of asking in general where the hue tint adjustments are on a monitor as well as the color adjustments. Can you make the image black and white? And what about the audio adjustments, Tim? So what do you think? Are there hue tint adjustments on arcade monitor a lot of times? Not normally. You just have the, you know, unless it was a TV. He's thinking more of like the, a TV Correct. from that era. And the arcade games, you don't see that. You just see the... Um, Mostly the red cutoff and the red drive, green cutoff, green drive. They're real simple. Right. So you don't have a lot of them. Now, some of the newer ones, you might could go digitally and do some of that stuff. Right. But most of the older monitors uh, don't have them. They're going to be on the neck board or on the monitor itself. Uh, but most of them are, just don't have that. Um, you could be able to get black and white if you turn the turn them all the way down. But I don't, I don't know. This is a really interesting question. That's kind of like, um, I've never done it, so right. I don't know. There probably is a way. So by all means, if, uh, you know, this would have been a great Michael question probably, <laughs> but uh, if, if anybody wants to chime in, please feel free. But most of the sound, the sound that, we, that uh, he talked about, most of them have an adjustment either physically on the board or in the menu. You can always add a potentiometer to control the sound like we show when we make, an, when we make the... Um, my mind's going blank here, John. The game we just built, built oh, the, the soul. When we built the cocktail, we show how to hook up a uh, potentiometer to adjust the sound because everybody knows those crazy 60 and 1 boards has that blaring sound, and you need a way to control it. Absolutely. Now, they do have volume control on the board itself, right, Tim? Right. But in the test menu. So. But it's the, such a pain. Everybody, It's just a lot better to be able to go there and turn the volume down. Agreed. So uh, let's go ahead and throw this up here, Tim, so we can see. So the hue tint adjustments that you normally find on a like a CRT TV are usually not available on arcade monitors unless it's like a digital monitor, then you may have it. The color adjustments can be found on the neck board. There are typically two adjustments per color, a cutoff and a drive. You should be able to get close to a black and white picture if you turn these adjustments down. Now, we've seen this before. Like when we um, when we have a transistor go out, right? right? Like we feel like we're missing a color or something mm -hmm. like that. And so, like you could probably get close to black and white, but maybe not exactly if you turn those adjustments down. The cutoffs in particular, I think, or the drives in particular, mm -hmm. may work with some of the cutoff going down. But I don't know if you could get exactly black and white through there. You probably, uh, you know, in order to get true black and white, you know, you really need a black and white chassis in too. Right. So. Now, as for sound, some game boards have volume adjustment either physically on the PCB or in the test menu for the board. Uh, we mentioned the 16-in-1. It has it in the test menu. Um, I'm trying to think of a game that had it on the board. Uh, CPS2 games have volume on the board. There you go. So if you have a CPS2 game, Capcom CPS2 system, they have a volume control rocker on the board that you so can use. So does Ms. Pac-Man. Ms. Pac-Man Pac does, too. So, I mean, some of those actually have it on the board. You can always add a potentiometer like the one that we have here, Tim. Mm-hmm to adjust the volume between the game board and the speaker as well. And this is a lot easier because, you know, then you don't have to go into test modes or worry about touching the game board or anything like that. So um, I think that pretty much answers Gary's question. Is there anything else here, Tim, you have before we No, it's kind of an interesting question um, and it almost kind of makes me want to go, why? You know, what are you trying to do, Gary? But I think it's kind of cool question to ask, so thank you for sending that in. Absolutely. So Gary, hopefully answers your question, and good luck with your future repairs if you want to change your picture to black and white, or if you want to adjust that volume. That'll help a lot. Okay, we got a couple of uh, little comments here in the live chat. Tim, if you give away an arcade up 
one up next. You might be going in the wrong direction, Tim. That's what Rex's show says. Okay. Uh, let's see. Danny says, yeah, it'll be a while before I move any arcades around. And that is for sure, so uh-huh. take it easy there. Uh, YouTube Punk says, we should have better exosuits by now. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, like a Mech Warrior. Like, I remember, you right. know, I mean, I, why don't we have things that I can just, you know, lift up, you know, lift up big arcades with just two robotic hands, right? Maybe. Uh, Razor Show, 60 in one volume is irritating. Each game has different levels and no easy way to change. That is true. Um, there is an overall volume, but it doesn't work, and every game has a different volume level, even with that adjustment. So, yeah, it's definitely... That's why we put the one on the side of the cabinet, so you could physically, if it's too loud, you can adjust, you can adjust it down. Floor. If it's too soft, you can adjust it up without having to go through each individual game or into the menu to yeah, do that exactly um geeklight just says volume five i assume that you're talking about the dvd at this point i think it's vaporware tim i don't know <laughs> if i'm ever gonna put out another dvd uh, guys we you know i i don't know do we have enough content will you guys buy it if i put it out i mean it's got to be worth it right you know i may have to do like a kickstarter and if we can right, get 50 people to do it or something maybe because it's like you said everybody goes to digital streaming now is right. not very many people want the hard copy right i know we've released you know four dvds and everything we have probably enough content to do a fifth one lord knows but uh you know it's it's just the amount of time it takes is very time consuming to produce a dvd and then i, I just don't know if we'd sell enough so like i said uh, I, you know uh, we could do it we could probably put it together um like i said i guess we could kickstart it tim or yeah, go find me it's not a bad like idea that. so that'd be the way to do it so if we could if we could sell you know i could put a number up there if we could sell 50 of them at $25, it'd probably be worth it or something like sure. that. I don't know. So we'll think about it. Oh, YouTube Bunk says he'd buy it. There's two. I guess I have two. Okay. So, but I, we've got to sell, I probably have to sell at least 50 to really break even on time and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I would like to, but I also don't have a lot of time. Right. So, yeah. Time is valuable. Absolutely. money. <laughs> okay. Well, let us move on here, Tim. Okay. The next question we have is from John. And John says, hello, I just received an Area 51 site Ford Arcade. It's a dr- It's been a dream of mine to own. However, the monitor will not turn on. Everything else works. I inspected the back of the monitor, and the cathode does not seem to light up, the glow that you would see at the back of the monitor. I was wondering if I could get some help in fixing this, as I am at my wit's end and mm-hmm. do not want to part with it. Been there. Let me know what you think. Look forward to hearing from you. So, Tim, uh, this is a heartbreaking story here from John. He bought an Area 51 Site 4, and it sounds like it was probably working, maybe, yeah. when he bought it. And well, then, like his Grail game, too. Like, yeah, he exactly. really won it. Right. So, um, you know, so maybe it was something, like I said, something that he bought, it was working, and then he got it home, and it didn't. Maybe it was never working. Maybe he got a really good deal on it, and he's just like, I want to get it fixed. So, Tim, what's going on here with this uh, Area 51 Site 4 game, and what can John do to get it back up and running? Well, it does sound like his game is playing blind. Unfortunately, we saw a really good video on that and troubleshooting games that are playing blind. And so he can watch that video. We want to, of course, just like we talked about earlier. Before you go on too much, though, let us uh, go ahead and give the definition of playing blind. Because, you know, I know a lot of people you guys may be watching, you know, don't... When we say playing blind, you may not know what we mean. I know a lot of you guys do. A lot of the guys in the live chat obviously do. We call a game playing blind that the sound works. The game will actually play. You can coin it up. You can start it. You can hear noises. You can move things. And you feel like you're playing the game. But it's blind. The screen's blank. You can't see anything. So it's just like if you had shut your eyes and you were playing the game. That's why we call it playing blind. Right. Okay, so sounds like that's exactly what's going on with his game. 
So we talked about this before. We're always going to start at power. We're going to look at the everything from the cord to the fuses to the monitor itself to going up through the isolation transformer and on to the monitor, making sure all the connectors are good, that none of them are burnt or any wiring issues. Check the voltage along the way with a multimeter to see where the problem stops. And if you're getting good voltage all the way to the monitor, but nothing at all on the screen, you probably got a chassis issue and be a good time to either send that off for repair or uh, try to dive in further and do the repair yourself. Now, we here's the thing. He says that the monitor will not turn on, but he never gives us an indication that he, the game is actually playing, that he hears the sound. He right. just says the monitor will not turn on. So here's the thing. That could be, yes, it could be playing blind, but it could also be board not working. Right, right? or just a bad fuse. It's yeah. just not coming on at all. You don't have any power. So a little bit of clarification there, John. Uh, is the game, do you hear it? Can you coin it up? You know, if you flick the switch... Or put a coin in it. Do you actually hear sounds? It sounds like it's playing. Then you know it's in your monitor. If none of that is working, you're not getting any lights above or whatever. Sometimes it's just a simple fuse or something like that. Or go back. But we got to start at power. Make sure your power supply is working too. Also, you won't get a picture or anything. Absolutely. So, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the outline here so John can see. From your description, it does sound like the game is playing blind. I.e. the game plays, but the monitor does not come on. If this is the case, you can start off your repair by making sure that the monitor is getting power, like Tim mentioned. Check that the AC voltage wires are hooked up properly, either directly from the wall or through an isolation transformer. Most monitors have a two- or three-prong Molex connector for the monitor power. Check the voltage here with a multimeter to make sure it is correct. If the monitor is getting good voltage, then you probably have a chassis issue. And then see our post and be on troubleshooting games that are playing blind for more information on the topic. Okay, so, but again, John... This is assuming it's playing blind. This is assuming that you can hear the game playing, you can coin it up. If it's not playing, then you may actually have a board issue or just an AC or DC voltage issue, right? Correct. So, I mean, make sure that you're at a point where the board is actually getting power. And Tim, Area 51 is a hard drive-based game, uh, both versions of it. And so you should see lights Mm -hmm. on the board if the board is getting power. You should be getting some LEDs. That does not necessarily mean that the board is running properly, but at least that should give you an indication that it's getting voltage of some sort. Right. So make sure that you look at the board and make sure that you have at least some LED lights on that board that are showing up. And do check the voltage at the board before just assuming that you just have a monitor problem. That's what we would say. So, uh, John, hopefully that answers your question. And good luck getting your Area 51 Site 4 back up and running. Okay, Tim, uh, we've got a couple things here in the uh, in the live chat. He said, I recently, uh, this is from Cold Fangs and Flesh. He's... Uh, Flesh and Fangs, he says, I recently bought a Big Kit FPGA JAMA. What do you guys think about these? You know, I think they're awesome. Uh, FPGA is definitely here to stay, Tim. It's great technology. You know, it's something that gives you all a very a very authentic experience, I guess is a good way to say okay. it, and the fact that it actually simulates the hardware underneath. And so FPGA is definitely what we're going to see going forward. But now, Tim, they have, you can um, get the FPGA with a JAMA adapter. Okay. So that way you can play the games on the FPGA through a JAMA connector, so that way you can put it in your arcade game very easily. Ah. These are not very, these are not cheap, it's pretty expensive like, okay. for this kind of setup. But it actually gives you a better experience than software emulation does, which is okay. what we've used for years as software emulation. This is more hardware emulation, Tim. It's the ah. difference. So, 
you know, before before we convert we convert the code from a game, basically we run it through a piece of software that says this is what the game is. Like this is what um, we convert the instructions. Okay. So like from whatever the original hardware is to um, to whatever you know, let's say. Um, Let's say we convert to like what a standard PC platform. Okay, so that means there's a piece of software that actually converts those instructions so that the PC can understand it. With FPGA, the hardware underlying actually simulates what the original hardware did. Okay. Okay, and that's the difference. So I mean, FPGA is is like I said, definitely the thing to have right now. It's hot, and uh, you know. People say it's a lot better than software emulation. To be honest with you, I think as long as for most games it's about the same. But I think in general the concept is better. If that makes sense. So. Well, I'm glad you were here tonight and could answer that one because I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. YouTube Punk wants us to remaster volumes one through four. <laughs> right. Hey, that's what we should do, right? That's what everybody right. does now. A remaster. So we'll put it on Blu-ray or something <laughs> like that. And I can charge you guys fifty bucks a copy. So because <laughs> Blu-rays are so expensive. But anyway. Uh, let's see. Um, Geek Light 08 says, I am a physical medium hoarder. So physical medium hoarder, I understand that. Okay. I hey, I like DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, I have scaled back a lot, Tim, on my physical mm-hmm. media. What about you? Uh, tremendous amount. Yeah. yeah, way back, way back. Most of mine stored or yeah. put up somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I, I still scaled. have a lot, right. but I don't watch it. I'm streaming everything. Yeah. Uh, but then maybe we'd be like, have you watched? Uh, we'll talk about it in the after show. But have you? I've been watching those, um, the new upfront videos that they're doing. They're kind of like the thirty for thirty, but Netflix is doing them. Right. And uh, did you see the one about Anne one? No, I didn't. Oh, you need to watch that. That's a good one. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll get in there in the show. live show. But they were giving them, they were they give them away. You know, the oh, N1 gotcha. videos yeah. were free. That's right. And then they so maybe if we gave all of our DVDs away, then we could sell some shoes or something. Or <laughs> We'd have to. But I don't know about. I don't that, know if but, it'll catch on. Yeah, I don't think so, Tim. Not for us. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, Seahorses and Knights says we should put out the arcade repair tip shuffle like the Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> uh, Cold Flesh and Fangs, my, my Nintendo Super System arcade system screen does not turn on. When I turn on the cabinet, I hear sound, but the screen never comes on. I see a fuse against the back inside, and it looks bad. So, obviously, fuses are a great place to start. So try the fuse first and see if that fixes the issue, right, mm-hmm. Tim? But if it doesn't, looking at a monitor issue, right? Right, you need to check the schematic. See if they, they may you may have the wrong fuse in there. It may be white blue. Yeah. So make sure that it's the right amp and the right kind of fuse, and then replace it and kind of go from there. You know, we laugh about going to auctions. We, back in the day, they say, "Oh, it's probably just a fuse." Well, you know, when I was probably really new into this, John, even probably before we met, you know, I was wanted. Oh, it's a fuse, and I replace the fuse, and the game would work. Now. It more concerns me what caused the fuse to blow right. in the first place, or was it the right fuse? So, but if you can fix it like that, that's definitely a good way to or a good place to start. I've even uh, made in some of the earlier troubleshooting days, I would just get me a handful of fuses and I would unplug certain things, even if the fuse blew right away, and kind of narrow down what's causing the fuse to blow. Now you don't have to do that, though. You can get those cool super circuit breakers. That's right. Which we've talked about in the past. If mm-hmm. you've watched some of the live show episodes, they have the cool circuit breaker fuses, yep. which are really cool, that all just flip and let you know that the fuse would have blown, and you can right. reuse those over and over again. Highly recommend you get a set of those if you don't have some. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, YouTube Punk says, is that the cabinet with the, the SNES uh, controllers? That is. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the... Um, the super the super system was an arcade cabinet Tim that had 
SNES Lite controllers. They're a little different. They're a little bigger, mm-hmm. but it, it had those. Do you remember that, Tim? Yes, I so, remember seeing that one. Yeah, very cool. Uh, let's see. Danny says, seems like any shooting arcades that have problems, it is the monitor 90% of the time. Very common. Mm-hmm. Very common on on uh, any kind of light gun games to have monitor issues. I would agree. So, it, is, it is what it is. Uh, let's see... Um, let's see. YouTube Punk says he has a ton of DVDs too, and then Geek Light 08 says I will keep them next to my laser display. So, right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, let's see. Um, Cold Flesh and Fang says where can I find that fuse? So if you can pull out the fuse, it will have a value on it. Like Tim mentioned, that doesn't necessarily mean that that value is the correct value. If um, you need to find the manual to the game, there and should see. be a manual for it that you you could go through. Um, if it's a cabinet fuse, check the cabinet manual. If it's a monitor fuse, check the mo- the check the manual for the monitor chassis, and mm-hmm. that should tell you what value should go there. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Seahorse of the Night, you guys could go viral with the ART shuffle. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> so, hey, we already tried doing freestyle rapping. You guys heard how right. that turned out. So, <laughs> I don't think a shuffle's happening anytime soon. But uh, I appreciate your confidence in us, Seahorse of say, if, And if you've never seen that All episode, night. don't go back and watch 67 of them to find it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, actually, I think that was episode. It was our 10th anniversary episode, which actually okay. has a very specific, like, uh, uh, Title card, so you okay. guys can probably find it pretty easily. So, okay, I think we're caught up, Tim, and okay. now we are to our quick question and answer rapid fire section of All the right. live show. So I've got three here that we're gonna that I'm gonna read to Tim in rapid fire succession. He's gonna fire answers right back at us about these three questions that we got this month. So let's get into that. So Tim, the first one I have is from Mixigs, mm-hmm. and he says, um, "Is it possible to replace the tube that comes out of the back of a CRT?" The people I just bought this Tetris cabinet from broke it, and I'm trying to figure out if I can get a tube or if I need to replace the monitor. Okay, okay. so that's the first one. Jim says, "I have a classic Donkey Kong arcade game. The marquee light comes on, but the monitor is a black screen, and there's no sound. Any okay. help would be appreciated." And William says, "I have a Wells 19-inch K4606 monitor chassis. What TVs can I replace it with?" So Tim okay. Mixigs. Uh, wants to know if he can replace his tube. Jim wants to know uh, what he needs to do with his Donkey Kong that has a black screen and no sound. And William wants to know if he can find a tube for his K4606 monitor chassis. So, Tim, let us go down these questions real quick and see if we can get some answers for those. So, mix sticks first, Tim. Um, man, what a sad story, right? right. He cracked a tube and moving. We've done We've this done before. It. Yeah. Okay, so what can he do as far as replacement goes? Well, you can replace the tube. The hard part is finding the tube that's compatible with that particular chassis. And so if you if you can find one that has a non-working chassis, you could just swap them if it's the same uh, chassis. In uh, most cases, it's easier to replace the whole thing. Okay. What about Jim? He's Donkey Kong. Sounds like it's dead. What's going on? Well, it sounds like he's getting the AC voltage because that's what's lighting up uh, the marquee. But you want to make sure this power supply, which converts it to DC, is running over to his board and onto his monitor and stuff. So the AC voltage is probably good, but make sure that the power supply and that the monitor are getting power also. Sounds good. Now, William wants to know if he can find a compatible tube for his K4606 monitor. Okay, so it's the same kind of question as before. You need to find one that has the from the same K4600 uh, chassis or uh there is some old tubes and we got a website i know you'll put it up here in a second at junknet.net and where they can go on and you can see you check the impedance and check some things and some 
uh, do work. And there are certain kinds that seem to work a lot, really well. Uh, I can't remember if it's RCA or Sylvania or something yeah. that seems to work well. RCA on. tubes, are, if you can find it, one of those, those are We always say, problem. though, if the neck board won't fit, don't don't worry about it. It's not going to work. Yeah, exactly. Okay? So the neck board has, if the neck board doesn't fit, you got to quit. So that would be my quick answers. Sounds good. So let's go ahead and throw this up here, Tim, so we can kind of review what you said. So on mixage, yes, you can replace just the tube. The hard part is finding a compatible one that will work with your monitor chassis. In many cases, it is easier to replace the monitor than find a compatible tube if you don't have like a plethora of tubes lying around like some right. people do. Um, and we'll talk about a list of compatible tubes here in a second. Um, Jim, sounds like the game is not getting AC voltage to the marquee light. Or it's getting it to the marquee light, but not much else, like you just mm-hmm. said, Tim. Check the AC voltage is also getting to the power supply and the monitor. Make sure you're getting DC voltage to your board as well. And then William, yes, there are two compatibility lists out there. The best one we found is on the jacknet.net website. And Tim, this is a archive.org copy of this website. Okay. But if you go to junknet.net, he has put that up on Google Sheets now, I think. Okay. Where you can find the tube compatibility list. And there are several. In fact, Tim, there are two here, and I know it's hard to see in the little um, in this little section down at the bottom, uh-huh. where um, that, that says are compatible with K4600 chassis. Okay, particular. good. So there are some out there. The thing is, you'll just have to find the TV that's using them and make sure right. you get it. Um, as most people know, RK monitors usually come in like 13, 19, and 25 inches. So, I mean, finding a tube the right size is like half the battle. Right. And then once you find that, making sure that it is compatible with your chassis is the other half. And so you can find the compatible um, the compatible settings and stuff if you go to the junknet.net yeah, website. Your best bet is to look at his site and find the t- tube that would normally work with it and then put that note out and then start going to your thrift stores and stuff you're looking for a sylvania 19 inch you know kind of narrow it down like that you may find them uh that way sometimes a lot easier than going and researching every tube that you find absolutely so hopefully they answered all your questions there mix says jim and william and good luck with all of y'all's repairs please let us know if you need additional help going forward and uh, we'd be happy to help you out just send us a message and let us know so, Tim, that does it for the questions. Okay. So, I did want to talk about something that's somewhat arcade-related. Okay. Uh, I have... What if I told you that I have been to the skating rink the last two weeks? Okay. And so, before that point, it's probably been, been a long like, time. I don't know. Since I've been on skates, it's probably been 20 years or uh, so. I've, that's what my question was. Now, you said you went to the skating rink. Did you actually participate and skate? I skated both times. Okay. And, guys, you know what I realized? Roller skating is fun. fun. (laughs) So I think we miss it, Tim. It's it's like bowling. It's like you forget how much fun it is until you go and do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I won't say it was like riding a bike. In fact, it was nothing like riding a bike. (laughs) Uh, It took me way longer to get back on roller skates than it did for me to get back on a bike once I got on. But I will say that once I got on, Tim, I did pretty decently. And now I can get around on skates again. So... Um, but I would encourage you guys to, you know, try a skating rink out, see what you think. You know, it's funny. You're see- I'm seeing a lot of YouTube uh, and TikTok videos where people are skating now. It seems to kind of be a in thing coming I, back, making a comeback. Maybe so. I don't know. But uh, I the, here's the thing: the closest skating rink is like 45 minutes away. Okay. Well, 35. Longview, uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Oh, so right. it's about 35 minutes away from where we are here. There's not one in our city that we live in. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And so, um, but Tim, the reason why I want to talk about it is because they also had arcade games there. Sure. Okay, so let's talk about some of the arcade games. Now, you have when you walk into this place, Tim. This place definitely was um, was popular back in the heyday of skating rinks, right? Okay. Like I don't know if you've been to Skateland USA is the name of it, but it this definitely has been around. Yes, okay, it's definitely been, been around probably since the '60s or '70s, right? Okay, you know, it's got so. the layered. You know, I mean, they keep it clean, but you can tell just mm-hmm. over time things get worn out. Retro feel, right? Exactly, retro feel for sure. So um, they had a cruising Exotica there, Tim. Okay, fully working with a tube monitor. Which I was surprised by. Okay. They had an off-road challenge, still working, with okay. a tube monitor. And they had an old 60-in-1, okay. okay, with a pretty beat-up cabinet, probably with something else, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, now it's now it's a 60-in-1 kind of thing. Uh, it had a 25-inch monitor in it. They had a brown-top Dynamo air hockey table. Oh, wow. Okay, with the score box duct tape to the side. Okay. <laughs> so, and then they had two Valley pool out. tables that were coin operated okay so but i only bring this up to him to say that the games in this place like could have been the games that were there when i was growing up too <laughs> yeah, i mean for, for pretty much um except for maybe the 16 and one everything <laughs> else was pretty much from the 90s still it seemed like so our early 2000s so but um it's just amazing to me tim uh when i walk into a place like that just how much the memories flood back i don't know about you guys oh yeah but when i was a kid we went to the roller skating rink at least once a month maybe twice a month you know on a friday or a saturday night right what mm-hmm. about you tim i, I lived right behind one actually three blocks so literally every week it was just about going by there um knew the guys that worked there a lot of times i was always getting in for free and and looking at their games and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, quite often that was, especially before I could drive. Yeah. That was a that was a good p- place to drop your kids off and let them babysit while you did some running around. Exactly. So, uh, it was it was awesome. I uh, just had, I have memories, Tim. I remember our skating rink on a Friday night. They would have races. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have races? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, in, like, so they would do, like, you know, four or five rounds, and the winners would get in the middle, and then they would all race each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and whoever won that night got a special prize. We do limbo, right? You do limbo, limbo at the skating rink. I would not do that now. The I'm hokey good. pokey and limbo. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, hokey pokey, Tim. Uh, just, it's amazing though that um, there's still places like this around, and I would encourage you if you haven't been to a skating rink recently to go. Okay. Because I actually had fun. That's good. Your so, kids went. My, okay, yeah, they absolutely. Like yeah, absolutely. And the I pictures I have like look it. like they're from my childhood. So <laughs> awesome. uh, it worked out really great. But um, I just. The fact that they had arcade games there, I think that roller skating and arcade games go hand in hand, Tim. I think so. And thinking back to when I went to the skating rink, I remember the games that were at my skating rink, and they always had pretty much the latest stuff. They had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they had an X Men when when we were growing up, they had a Killer Instinct. I remember playing Gun Force there for some reason, Tim, and that which is an Irem game. If you guys aren't familiar with this, really fun. Um, I remember. And we went there, I remember a couple times, like on school field trips, and I remember we would skate and mm-hmm. have fun too. Um, I was trying to think, Mortal Kombat, Tim. They always had a Mortal Kombat, either Mortal Kombat 3, Mortal Kombat 2, we played Mortal Kombat 1, uh, Street Fighter. I always Tim. remember the sit-down games, because you're hitting them with that heavy skate. Yeah. And, you know, because I didn't want to take my skates off, it's too much trouble. Right, they had two They had two driving <laughs> games at this fun. one. And, yeah, exactly. So I had my skates on, and I'm having to hit the gas pedal for my son, because he's not big enough to, to hit the gas pedal yet. Mm-hmm. And I've got my skate on, like, sitting there, and I'm the same way. I guess, I don't know if those things get banged up as much or what, but um, definitely is, is a thing. Now, I saw that, um, let's see, Danny says wasn't good at skating so here's the thing i'm not a great skater either um i can get around on them okay now well i I was 
fast going forward, but I never could get the backward skating going down oh, very no. good. And I had a cousin, and I just saw her the other day while I was traveling, and she could do anything. She could do whatever an ice skater can do on roller skates, and she was she always went in competitions. But I would get her to skate with me because I would be going forward and she would be going backwards and she could would spin around and do all this stuff and everybody thought we were just the awesome <laughs> skaters ever. I never could go backwards. There you go. So Tim, uh, I I did blades. Um, I didn't do blades this time. When I was a kid, yeah, I, I got I, I gotta have all four wheels. Yeah, I was about to say when I was a kid, I actually had I had regular skates when I was like in third grade and mm-hmm. I got rollerblades like when I was in fifth grade and I had blades but I I just put on regular skates this time because sometimes you have to know your limitations guys <laughs> right. and so um, Tim I liked it so like much that I actually ordered me a pair of roller skates our oh, whole family fine. has, roller, oh, has wow. roller skates coming so we like it that much so I think we're going to do more we're going to go roller skating more but um, we should let us know when you go maybe I'll take my nephew you should yeah, and you get on some skates too Tim I'm <laughs> oh, well, now but, that, that'd be worth video one right there but like I said the thing about it is, is to me roller skating and arcades just go hand yeah, in hand yeah they do I haven't seen. I've never been to a roller skating rink where they didn't have arcade games. Right. They so do. they always did. So and I remember playing so many games. But I mean, obviously, pizza places. I played a lot of games at pizza places, mm-hmm. right? But I played almost as much probably at roller skating rinks. Yeah, you know, like when I really think about it, we Good didn't have nice. Chuck E. Cheese. You know, that wasn't a thing when I was. You know, I mean, it was a thing, but we didn't have one here at the time. So right. I mean, you know, that's people went to a roller skating rink. That's where mm-hmm. we went. So and it's sad that we don't have one here. And my wife wants to open one up, but I told her her and what money. I don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, it seems to be making a comeback. I see a lot of TikTok videos where people are skating, and there's a lot of commercials now on TV where the guys skating and Mm -hmm. you know and doing stuff. So uh, Sonics, when I go and audit them, they still skate a lot and go and. uh, Work them tips, you know. So we had a, my my daughter's birthday was one of the things that we went for, and okay. like some one of the dads used to be a Sonic car hop and mm. was pretty good on skates because of that, you know. Mm. Like he, he put on the blades and he was going all around. So I mean, obviously, obviously, I think when I think Sonic, I think roller skates too. Mm-hmm. But if you have any memories of arcade games that you played at the roller skating rink, I want to know. So yeah. if you're in the live chat tonight and it's like, oh, I remember playing this game at the roller skating rink when I was growing up or whatever, let me know. You know so, what I remember? The first time I ever played hard driving. Oh really? Yeah, you know the loop game. I yep. was like, and because, uh, like I said, you there was no halfway doing the pedal, so it right. was fun with skates because it was heavy, and I could just put it to the floor and do all the stuff. And I remember first time I ever played one was at the roller at the skating rink. Absolutely, there's a lot of games. Like I said, probably the first time I played was at the roller skating rink too. So mm-hmm. okay, um, but that's enough about that. I just want to get you guys memories. So if you have memories of playing arcade games or roller skating rinks, let me know. So okay. it's still a thing. You can still do it. So. Uh, I'm going to go to the live chat over here. Uh, let's see. Show your slide, John. Did oh, you slow it? Uh, you don't have to show it. Yeah, I'll just keep it. Oh, you want to see cool. it? Okay, there you go. That's what, the, cool. that's what the roller skating rink looks like. Yeah. Um, and these are the games that they had so you guys can see. And they, mm-hmm. do have pull, they did have pull cues like behind the... Behind, like, I just the remember the one shelf. in Longview had a giant skate. It was as big I as a car. I remember that, yes. And I always like... I always thought that was the coolest thing. You could see it from like a mile away. It still looks like this. I know this looks like it came out of the 1960s, but no, it still looks like it. that. Absolutely. So um, I was going to go back over here. Um, YouTube Punk says, uh, hashtag skate life, Tim. There okay. you go. Uh, Danny Ransom, I always went skating, uh, the skating rink to play arcades. That's mm-hmm. right. Wasn't good at skating. And, you know, I, to be honest with you, most of the time that's what I did. Right. Uh, let's see. YouTube Punk says, my skating rink had Operation Wolf, Castlevania, Rastin, and more. Absolutely. 
So, um, let's see. Teen Ninja Nin- T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Killer yeah. Instinct are awesome. I Simpsons. Haven't... I remember playing Simpsons yep. at the skating rink a lot. So, absolutely. A lot of those classic Konami games seems like it was always at the, ga- the skating rink, Tim. So, Simpsons, like you mentioned, Teen- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Cowboys and Moo Mesa, Sunset Riders, games like that. Uh, let's see... I was gonna it say, was always uh, weird playing games, though, because you were taller with skates on. Mm-hmm. It always felt weird. Yes, exactly. Weird. It did. Uh, Real Hammer Billy Lee says, I have very fond memories of playing arcade games at ice skating rinks. My sister would always go, uh, would always used to ice skate, and I would go to for the video games. Absolutely. Okay. You know, so here's the thing. I felt like I played more games than I skated a lot of times, because mm-hmm. I was not such a great skater either. I was decent, but, like, when they're doing the races, guys, I'm not competing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm over to the side doing my own thing, and I'm watching or I'm playing games. So, uh, let's see. Uh, so I saw do at a theater this past weekend. Lots of roller skating. Yes, Xanadu, right. Tim. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Space Ace has a roller skating level. That is correct. I remember that. Uh, Cold Flesh and Fangs, I remember, are playing Pole Position, Simpsons, and a pinball machine called Beat the Clock. Uh, okay. Tim, you know, um, what's the roller, um, what's the roller derby pinball machine that, uh, Steve Ritchie did that we play a lot? Isn't it roller, roller, roller games or something yeah, like that? Roller, roller games? Roller games, I remember. Yeah. I think ours had that. Uh, Sit Down Afterburner, Geek Glide 08 okay. says. Yes, absolutely. Um, I t- let's see, the Rachel Show. I talk about Skating Rink as a kid in my Donkey Kong video on YouTube. Uh, let's see. Um, love the vintage signage. Yes, that's, like I said, very vintage. It is, uh, like I said, when you go in the place, it just reminds okay. you of every skate. Well, here's ever. my question, since I haven't been in 20-something years. How much does it cost to skate now? That'd be a good question. Six bucks. Six, really? Yeah. And then you... Something like that. Wow. I mean, we rented the whole place, so I can't really tell you. Right, but I mean, it's just not a bad deal. Yeah, huh? it's like six dollars. Wow. Plus, plus skate rental. Maybe, right. I mean, but the skate rental's like three bucks. So maybe 20 bucks a person, you can go and skate and Play games, eat and, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, play some games. Yeah. Okay. So, easily. So, you're talking probably about $9 more if you want to do, like, roller blades instead of skates. They charge okay. you more for the skate rentals. So, uh, let's see. Anything else? Okay. Oh, let's see. Um, Radford119 says, first time turning into the live broadcast. Just got here. What did I miss? <laughs> um, so you missed all the questions, um, but you can go back and watch those. I promise they'll be up here in a little bit. And you missed our talk about roller skating rinks, which is what we're talking about now. Memories from roller skating rinks, specifically arcade memories from those. So if you have any of those, please let us know. We'd love to hear them. So, Tim, I think, yeah, I think that about does it for my talk on roller skating rinks. Okay. I, I just wanted to do it because, you know, guys, it's just like uh, I said, arcade games and roller skating rinks, man, they're hand in hand. They're hand right. in hand, man. We played, I played all the great games there back in the day. Pinball machines too, right? Mm-hmm. So, and if you haven't been skating in a while, highly recommend it. Go do it. So, okay, Tim, let's get into some news for this month. And uh, the first thing we had here is that SNK is making its first fatal new Fatal Fury game in 23 years. So SNK has confirmed that they are working on a new Fatal Fury game. The last title in the series, which is Garou Mark of the Wolves, made its appearance on the Neo Geo 23 years ago in 1999, Tim. Wow. So most of SNK's recent fighting game releases were a part of the King of Fighters series. Mm -hmm. The teaser trailer for the new game reveals nothing about the gameplay, plot, platform, support, or release date, but the company claimed the sequel would represent a new turning point in Fighters. Nice. So... There you go, Tim. We've got SNK. Now, a lot of people know SNK as the manufacturer of the Neo Geo system, mm-hmm. obviously, Tim, and they made Fatal Fury. And they've been doing King of Fighters games up to this point, which the King of Fighters games have the Fatal Fury characters in them. Mm-hmm. But this will be the first new Fatal Fury game since 1999. Okay. So, pretty cool stuff. Pretty Hopefully, it's really good. Um, you know, it's just, you know how it goes, Tim. Right. So, 
we'll see what SNK has up their sleeves. I, I want to see it. Uh, and, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fighting game fan, so I'm excited. We'll see what they come up with for a new Fatal Fury game. That makes me miss Blockbuster, so you could just go and try it. Exactly. See if you liked it. Right. And then you could turn it back in if you, ah, oh, it wasn't that good. Yeah. Or you go buy it that same day. Yes. Or you keep it and never turn it in. So we were no big, so, Tim, speaking of that, we were big Friday night movie people. So, mm-hmm. like, t- like, tomorrow's Friday. On a Friday night, we would go to Blockbuster, and typically one of us would stay would stay near the uh, return window to see what people were returning to see if it was anything we wanted. Because mm-hmm. by the time we got up there, I felt like everything was already rented. You ever feel like that? Yeah. But if you stayed by the return window, you could scoop oh, yeah. something up whenever, you somebody know. Somebody dropped it off. Exactly. Like, whenever somebody dropped it off. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of times that's how I got the new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, new releases was by staying at the return window. But Tim, you know, Blockbuster's another one of those things, man. It's like, I want to open up, I want to open up a video rental store and I want to open up a skating rink. There you go. You know? I miss these things. You just hate having, I mean, money, right? You exactly. Just I, I just want to burn it. Right? I, <laughs> I want to give all your money away. I would literally make, I'd literally probably Why don't you just off. give them a DVD while they walk in the door, too? Because <laughs> exactly. you're not going to make anything up. I was about to say, I would literally be better off putting my money in a pile on the lawn and setting it on fire, right, I right. think, if I was going to do it. But um, I could say, I could sell all my games and then maybe start all that stuff, right? And then, then I wouldn't have any money anymore and we'd be fine, right? You get so, to have a laugh. That's right, exactly. So, um, let's see. Uh, before I get on to the next news story, Tim, I want to go back to the live chat real quick. Um, Radford119 says, LOL, I'm a little late then. Yes, just yeah. a little bit, but again, we record off for posterity. Many Mozart Kings here, Tim. Hey. He says, hey guys. Uh, let's see. Uh, everything else. Oh, uh, Radford119, nostalgia sells. I think it does. You know, I, so. I mean, I, you know, like I said, it's just one of those things you, you know. It's, fun it's, is fun, though. Exactly. Fun is fun. Bowling's still fun. Skating mm-hmm. is still fun. Um, video rental stores, I don't know if there's much fun anymore. I mean, I, I miss going there on like a Friday night. I feel like maybe you could do some sort of um, like a community-based thing with that. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how you would do that or something, but yeah, I don't know. We could see. But yeah, Friday night's a blockbuster good time. Real Hammer Billy Lee knows what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Too. Anyway, so let us continue on here okay. to the next news item, and that's a new Tekken project okay. is coming, Tim, and uh, this uh, the author of this article says it better be Tekken 8. Yeah. Bandai Namco teased a new Tekken project at EVO 2022. The trailer for the, for the project starts with a short snippet of a CG ending from the original Tekken, Tim, like the original first Tekken, okay. showing Kazuya Mishima throwing his father Heihachi off of a cliff. Kazuya then smirks at the camera, which cuts to a more photorealistic version of the same character whose smirk now implies something else. A new Tekken project is in development. Get ready, Tekken's announcer says. Speculation is that it could be the long-awaited Tekken 8, but the company has yet to confirm. It's been about seven years since the last new entry in the series, Tekken Mm. 7. Or people have also speculated, Tim, that it could be a reboot of Tekken 1. So I don't know which one it's going to be yet. We don't know, but um, that's what we know so far. Interesting. That makes sense. So I'm a big Tekken fan. Speaking of playing arcade games, Tim, I remember mm, going to my local Tekken. about to say going to my local pizza place and playing the first Tekken when it first came out, brand new game. Man, how much did that game cost back then? Uh, probably two grand, three two, grand, twenty five hundred. Golly, and it was in one of the dedicated Namco cabinets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they and it had Namco on the side. Like this mm-hmm. thing 
it looked awesome. And after I played the game, I realized it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Golly, it was great. So, uh, yeah, so looking forward to a new Tekken project. Um, Tim, I still play the Tekkens casually, so I've been playing Tekken 7. It's good, you know. Um, I, I'm like, if you're asking me what my favorite Tekken game is, it's definitely Tekken Tag Tournament, which I have right over there. Right. The first one is mm-hmm. my favorite. It's by far one of my favorite games. Tim, I like it because it's fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like ever since Tekken 4, they've slowed down the gameplay a little bit. Now, I'm not a fan of the slower gameplay. I like the faster gameplay. And so, like, you know, Tekken's 1, 2, 3, and Tag, to me, are where it's at. So, but I'll play Tekken 8 or whatever this is, because I'm a Tekken fan. I like it, because I'm horrible. If I just keep pushing enough buttons, though, I'll come up with some awesome move, and everybody thinks I'm good. That's the thing about Tekken, is that it... it it actually does support button button mashing to a certain extent, but if if you're playing a good player, you can't get away with it, you right. know. But I like games that give that somebody can walk up to and be somewhat successful. There you go. Now I will say that the rubber banding in the Tekken AI is the worst ever. It cheats you horribly. Like if you're playing against the computer, Tim, mm-hmm. and it's set properly. But um, but other than that, it's a fun game. So and it's fun to play against people yeah. for sure. So. <clears throat> Okay, Tim, well, here's some news that you may... Oh, okay. before I continue, though. Um, Cold Flesh and Fang says he has a Virtua Fighter cabinet. I never... I play Virtua Fighter. It's okay. I like Tekken better. Personal preference, whatever you think. YouTube Punk says Tekken Tag Tournament for life. Absolutely. Good stuff. So, okay, Tim. Okay. This news is very interesting. I don't I know do. what everybody thinks about it. We'll get some input here from the live chat. But a live-action Pac-Man movie is in the works from Wayfair Bandai Namco. And this is from The Hollywood Reporter, Tim. This was an exclusive that they broke. So a live-action film is in development based on the classic arcade game character with an endless appetite, Pac-Man. The project hails from Bandai Namco Entertainment, the company behind Pac-Man, as well as games like Galaga and Tekken, and Wayfair Studios, the production company founded by uh, Justin Baldoni and Steve Sorowitz. The... Project will be based on an original idea from Chuck Williams, who also did Sonic the Hedgehog movie, Tim. Okay. So, of Lightbeam Entertainment. So, Tim, um, I will. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I am a huge fan of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie right. universe. I think it's awesome. Uh, Super Mario is going to get a release sometime around April of next year okay. from Illumination, the people who do uh, the Despicable Me series, mm-hmm. Minion series. So, it seems like this was kind of something that was bound to happen. But whereas, like, Sonic the Hedgehog and... Right, there are more characters. I don't... Right. And Super you... Mario kind of, you know, they, they have kind of a character-based thing. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man's just really not known for his storytelling, right? right. So what do you think, Tim? Is it going to be successful? Um, you know, I'll wait and see. I'm not sitting there clocking down, going to open a night or nothing, but um, we'll see what it come, how, how it's like. I don't ha- it doesn't have a lot of promise for me, though, because if you make him too cartoony, then it's not... Not that interesting. And then how how do you bring Pac-Man to life? I don't know. That'll be interesting. We'll see. Maybe they'll be able to make a coherent storyline out of it, Tim. I don't know. We'll find out. So I'm I'm curious. So anyway, uh, let us know what you guys think. If you're in the um, if you're in the live chat, we'd love to hear what you're you're doing. Uh, let's see. YouTube Punk says it could be a live action Pac-Man starring Christian Bale. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, well, that'd be great if they make movies about old stuff, by the way. <laughs> yes, there you go. And that's from SQ Tearhog, Tim. Uh, let's see. Now, Matty Moe's Arcade, I know he's here in the live chat as well, Tim, and I know he's helping um, our friend Steven open a, a new retro arcade that they're yes. doing in Arkansas. So hopefully that's going really well. And and he's got some updates here saying he's um, he says there's a few Tekken cabs, lots of Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct. 
uh, let's see. Oh, October 1st is the target open date. Well, we wish you guys the best. We hope that you guys can get everything up and running by then. And we wish all the arcades success, right, Tim? For like sure. every retro arcade out there, every arcade period, we wish you guys the best of success. Because, you know, being in business doing anything is difficult. But being in business doing arcades just seems a little bit more difficult. And so if you can do it, we hope that you get a good audience of people, yeah. that a good dedicated fan base is really what you need. If you can get that, I think you can be successful. So um, let me know if when y'all get there, shoot some video or whatever. We'd be glad to uh, show it on the show, yeah. So that we can help you promote it too. And Absolutely. Give us give some uh, people traveling or whatever a chance to come through there to, to look out for you guys, plus the local people. Absolutely, sounds good, Tim. Now, Danny earlier talked about this that mm-hmm. he may buy his first Literally. arcade one up because they did announce NFL Blitz Tim. So right. let's talk about that for a second. NFL Blitz comes back without the late hits in arcade form. This is from Polygon, too. <laughs> arcade 1UP has announced their NFL Blitz Legends cabinet. The cabinet will feature all three Blitz arcade games, a 49-way joystick, Tim, and online play. The price is $599.99. The games have been modified to remove the late hits and some of the tackles in order to comply with the NFL license agreement. Tim, they were not going to let them um, put out this game unless they did that. Right. I mean, that is something that that's the reason why we haven't seen a re-release of these games is because the NFL, you know, has really cracked down obviously on the late hits and mm-hmm. the, and the um, and all of that in the wake of all this evidence about CTE and stuff, Tim, right? Mm-hmm. And so they basically said the only way you're going to release it is if you make these modifications. And so Arcade One Up did what they had to do to make it happen. I don't blame them for that. People are people. I think are getting upset at Arcade One Up about this. I'm like, it's not Arcade One Up's call. This is the only way the game was going was going to be made because right. the NFL license wasn't going to be wasn't going to happen for them unless they made these. So yeah. But the CTO uh, Davin Suffer says we've kept it we've kept a lot um, we've kept it a lot of fun. It's still really addictive, fun game. So I mean, I think Tim, if you take that stuff out, I don't really know that. It changes the game too much, right? Because I mean, the core of the gameplay is really what makes the game fun. I do like the late hits, and I definitely take advantage of those late right. hits. Okay, and I and I have an NFL Blitz 2000 Gold Edition over here that is my, one of my favorite games. But if you ask me if you took the if you took it out of the game, would I notice? I mean, I would notice, mm-hmm. but would I think the game was any less fun? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. So I think the game is still pretty fun. So YouTube Punk says uh, that's wild. No late hits in an arcade game. Um, Real Hammer Billy Lee, uh, that's the most. That's most of the fun of playing Blitz. You know, most of the fun of playing Blitz is playing with your buddy and throwing that bomb down the field right. and scoring mm-hmm. on him and then putting it in their face. You know, like I do mm-hmm. to Tim all the time. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a different thing. But, but then um, I come back and late hit you. For doing it. <laughs> exactly. At least it's got when you burn me on a long touchdown, then I can turn around and hit you a few times just to. You know, just to let right. you know, you got me this time, but... Right. Now, this, now um, one of the main points here is this is the first Arcade 1-Up game, Tim, with 49-way joysticks. Right. Okay, and then uh, Jason uh, uh, Steverson says uh, Sinistar needs a 49-way joystick. Yes. Correct. So, technically, they could do Sinistar now mm-hmm. if they did it with that. So, um, Razor Show says they took tackles out, too, and took out audio bites, not just the late hits. That is true. Some of the audio bites, Tim, they took out as well. Okay. Some of the, um, some of the speech things. Um, you know, like I said... I this should be an arcade debate. I don't know mm-hmm. about that because, I, I mean, we could have talked about it. Is it really the same without the late hits and stuff? I haven't played it. We'll let you know. Yeah, let, I, I think maybe we'll save it for when we actually play it. Right. Let so uh, it. I, maybe I'll get, hopefully we'll get a chance to play one at some point. We, we love curious. to play Blitz. Blitz. Yeah, it's one of Golly, our favorite Blitz games. Golly, Blitz is awesome. It's so much fun. So, um, 
you know, but like I said, I don't know if I would notice. And I, I don't know if you didn't tell me. Like if you if you gave the game to a kid who had never played the first one and said play this, I mean, they're either gonna think it's fun or it's not. Right. I mean, it, it, we'll see. So it's basically a version two. That that is true because I mean they updated the code in this Tim. They didn't okay. just do the ROM like they did for a lot of the other games that they've released. This is an entire like they updated code and they talked to some of the programmers who originally programmed Blitz Tim. This mm. was a big this is a big undertaking for them. So. Real Hammer Billy Lee says, yes, yeah, still fun to play, but I always love the late hits. I do them every time I play Blitz. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, we'll see. I think it'll still sell a ton. I don't think anybody's going to care. Mm. I could be wrong. So, Now, Tim, this last bit of news I threw in here just kind of at the last second, I guess you could say. But Mark mm-hmm. has been keeping us updated on, on all of the Stern news. Right. Now, everybody's been expecting Stern to announce their next game, like, now. Or, mm-hmm. like, sometime very soon. But it seems like they're holding off, Tim. And we don't know exactly why. Mm-hmm. But we do know two of the games that we think may be released very soon. And so, Stern, Pinball Rumors, Tim, we have Venom and James Bond coming soon? Maybe. maybe? Mm-hmm. So, um, and Nap Arcade had an article on this, too, and I put that here. But rumors are swirling about the next Stern Pinball release. Rumors include a James Bond pinball machine based on the movie Thunderball. Don't know if there's any truth to this. And a Venom pinball machine with music and calls possibly by Ozzy Osbourne and artwork by Zombie Yeti. Not sure if Venom will be based on the comic book or the recent Sony Pictures movie franchise. Stay tuned for updates. So we don't know a whole lot. These are just guesses. Rumors mm-hmm. at the best. Maybe totally wrong, Tim. Maybe. But... Just to throw that out there, and I want to get the input from the live chat, is there one of these that you would gravitate more towards? So, Tim, if I gave you the option of, of buying a James Bond Thunderball pinball machine or a Venom pinball machine, which one would you be more likely to put money in? Mm. If they were sitting next to each other. Yeah, I would have to... To me, it'd still be about gameplay, but maybe Venom? Maybe Venom? Yeah, okay. maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think um, James Bond still has a lot of fans. And if you mm-hmm. did, like, in, I mean, they said Thunderball, but the, if you did an overall James Bond theme, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool, kind of with all the movies and all the James Bonds. Um, I think that'd be kind of neat, but I don't know. Said, what if it had, like, seven ball multiball? That would be cool. Yeah. Ball oh, like like uh, Apollo 13? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Something like that. Um, yeah, that would be cool. I agree. So a lot of it, to me, would still depend on play. Absolutely, and uh, but you know, theme wise, theme means a lot to me, Tim. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm more likely to gravitate towards a machine that's gonna, you know, that's, that has a good theme, a theme that I like. Okay. So. Okay, let's see what we have here. Real Hammer Billy Lee Venom would be awesome. I'm a huge comic book fan. Would be awesome with Ozzy as well. Um, Maddie Mouse Arcade says meh. Um, Peter says sound like no more imagination pins. Yeah, you know, it's really, they're, they've been sticking to licenses. Really, they really have. That's kind of their MO. That's what they just do. Yeah, exactly. Especially Stern now. I mean, I, you know, what was the last film we got that was kind of, I mean, Black Knight was kind of unlicensed, but I think right. it was still licensed because they had to license it from, you know, the Williams license. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know. Uh, let's see. Jason says, 1965 Bond movie, does that even draw new customers? You know, it's not. A, I don't know if it's about drawing new customers as it is about keeping the current customers that you have happy with the themes that they like. Mm-hmm. Right? So we get a lot of car themes too, right? Corvette, right. Mustang, stuff like that. So, oh. Okay, whatever you guys think, let us know. Well, Tim, that brings us to the end of the show. But b- before we move on, I do want to remind everybody that if you'd like to win this nice Monopoly Arcade Edition 
prize that you guys can send email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and put Pac-Man in the subject line and you'll be entered to win this in our contest. So again, send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and put Pac-Man in the subject line. Send us your shipping address too so we know where to send this if you do win it. And we will be selecting a winner at random to send this to. We will not sell your information. All your information stays with us. Is that good? Yeah. We have a winner in the... In the uh, chat room. That's right. Mm-hmm. Cold Flush and Fangs is in the chat chat room, and he won last time. So if you wanna if you wanna win something, now's your chance. Send it in. We'll be picking a winner after the after show. So it's proof we actually do mail this. Out. Exactly, <laughs> we actually mailed it. Look at that. So we will send it to you. So uh, let's see. Uh, May Mo's Arcade says still waiting on a Goonies pen, Tim. I would like so, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, Radford 119 probably draws the people who have the cash to buy a new pin. That's the key. That's the key. That's the audience. You figured it out. Uh, Geek Like 08 Antique Bond ain't gonna do it. And Danny says, always loved NFL Blitz, though, um, and late hits are awesome, but the only reason I buy it because a real NFL Blitz arcade is pretty expensive nowadays. That is true. Mm-hmm. Tim, NFL Blitz arcade games go for a ton, it seems like. Wow. I got mine. It was broken. It was not yeah. working, and I got it for a really good deal. And we fixed right. it. You just need a power supply. Now, now I think the hard drive's starting to go, and I have a flash kit for it, but I just haven't installed it. Like, mm. I literally have the kit. I just haven't put it in. So. But the late hits, Tim, I mm. think most people will still play it. I, can I think it. so. Yeah, This thing's going to sell a ton. I, I, I bet. Th- how many you think they're going to sell a ton? I don't know. I don't know what their other numbers are like, but probably just as much as uh, the last couple games, for sure. Yeah, And they announced, of course, last month, Tim, we talked about Marvel vs. Capcom 2 mm-hmm. that they announced as well with six games in that cabinet. Now, all of these are more fan-favorite games, Tim, but here's the thing I think we found out. It sounds like they're going to start moving away from retail. Because, mm-hmm. like, Walmarts, if you've been in a Walmart, it looks like all the arcade one-up displays are gone. Right. So I think Walmart's going to go to just selling them on the website. And probably same thing with, like, Best Buy. Best Buy may carry, like, one or two models in-store, but I think we're going to see... It sounds like their retail channels are going to be disappearing as far as in-store retail, but you will be able to order them probably from Walmart and Best Buy via their websites. So, okay. and they'll do drop ship on those, I'd imagine. So, you know, I think that's just the mall they have to go to. I think they're losing a lot of money, Tim. You know, doing it the way that they did, and now with the cost of shipping and everything going up, you know, they've you know they've kept the prices low. Mm-hmm. I mean, six hundred, I think, for both these cabinets, Tim, which isn't bad considering you get the riser, you get a light mm-hmm. up marquee as well, but. Um, but still, you know, when you think about it, having that in a retail space where you may only sell like one or two at re- full retail price, probably not worth it for most retailers. And it's a lot of shelf space. Shelf space comes out of premium. And here's the thing, guys, you may not know, a lot of, a lot of, um, product, a lot of people selling products pay for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, you know, if you want a spot in Walmart, a lot of times you have to pay for that spot in Walmart. Mm-hmm. So either, either through a discount or actually through paying the company for that. So. There you go. Uh, let's see. Jason says twenty years old. Uh, twenty year olds in nineteen sixty five are close to eighty now. That's the that's the broadest market. Well, probably to be honest with you, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, forty and fifty year olds, all dudes are buying those pins. That is true. So that is true. So there we go. Okay, Tim, well, let us go ahead and wrap things up. We want to remind everybody that we want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send the link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com, and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure to put a plug in for your channel so people will know to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. So there you go. Uh, Tim, good stuff right there, of course. Um, we... 
uh, we've done some of these videos like uh, during the pre-show for the live show mm-hmm. um, before, which is really great. And we'd love to put more videos there. So, you know, uh, Maddie Moe's Arcade, if you would like to, you know, send one in about your new arcade stuff, we'd be happy to play that here as well. So, uh, again, we're always looking to promote other channels, help other channels out any way we can, especially if you guys are arcade-related channels, obviously, because that's where we... That's kind of our specialty, right? So, anyway, so please send them to questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com if you have those, and we'll be happy to review them. And if we like them, we'll play them on, on our channel. Right, Tim? Mm-hmm. So, and then, guys, we have our contact information. We have our general email address at questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com. Questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com. You can put live show in the subject to get a mention on the show. Questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com. And then we have our YouTube page. If you're watching this live or if you're watching this after the fact, you know where it is. But if you're listening to this on the audio feed, you can find our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. And Tim, we do try to cover the comments from the last live show on the next episode. So, again, if you're listening to this on on audio, that's youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. And then we have our podcast feed that features our live shows, our interviews podcast, our question and answer podcast, etc. You can find that on iTunes at iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com, iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com. Uh, we also have a Spotify page at Spotify.ArcadeRepairTips.com and a Stitcher page at Stitcher.ArcadeRepairTips.com, as well as wherever fine podcasts are aggregated. Now, this is a good time to remind those of you listening to this on the audio feed that we do not put the after show up on the podcast feed, so if you want to check that out, you you will need to go and find this episode of the live show on the YouTube page in order to hear that audio. And Tim already talked about one thing I'll be mentioning on the after show, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what did we talk about? Oh, your trip coming up. Yeah, upcoming trip. We talk about the shows that we're watching and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to mm-hmm. hear non-arcade related topics, then you can hear the after show on the uh, YouTube video for this episode. And then we have our social media pages, and we want to thank Mark, our community manager, for all of the posts he makes. Uh, Mark does a fantastic job uh, on his pinball posts. Tim, all the pinball information that we talked about on this episode came from Mark. So we want to thank him for uh, posting stuff, as well as uh, me and Tim. We tend to post stuff there, and you guys can find that stuff on our Facebook page at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com or on our Twitter feed at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. Uh, information from both gets cross-posted to each other, so um, you can follow one or the other. You don't have to follow both and get the same information. Again, that's facebook.arcaderepairtips.com or twitter.arcaderepairtips.com as well. So uh, follow us there. We post all sorts of great arcade-related news. Right, Tim? Yep. So there we go. Okay, Tim. So we are coming to the end of the regular live show. Now, um, what happens, guys, is that when we close off the live show, me and Tim take a little break. We come back about five or ten minutes, and we do the after show. And the after show is just basically the live show, except for any topic goes. There's no topics off limits. So if you're interested in that, if, you will, if you're watching this video, you can just wait about five or ten minutes after we end the, the regular live show, and we'll just roll right into that. Or you can get off here if all you wanted was the arcade-related top talk and we will see you next month so those are kind of your options uh tim anything else you want to talk about in the after show before we move on i know we are going to talk probably some nfl yeah not just blitz but nfl in general right so uh you know we're me and tim are cowboys fans it's not looking so good right now (laughs) (laughs) but we can talk about we got it rid of every quarterback but i heard we got one back today so there you go Uh, a Um, lot of um what do you call it like shuttle playing and shuffling around shuffling around and gamesmanship yep even 
So a lot, so. Of, a lot of stuff like that. Um, we'll be talking about what we've been doing, Labor Day plans. I know you got, you know, what do you, I don't know what you guys are doing. We'll be talking about those and some movies that we've seen. Tim, I've seen two movies since we last got together, and okay. um, I don't, I yeah, I, I, did I talk about Jurassic Park last month? Yeah, okay. So So I'm not going to talk about that one, but I did see Top Gun Maverick. Oh, I still haven't seen it. Okay, I will talk about that and um, and one other movie that I've seen along with some TV shows, Tim, including Mike. Okay, which is a Mike Tyson dramatization on Hulu. So we'll talk about that. Uh, But Tim, let's go ahead and wrap it up real quick. Anything else you have before we wrap up the regular live show? No, thank you guys for for the lively live chat today. We appreciate you guys for being here, and good luck to whoever wins this. Fun game. This will be the last chance while we're you still haven't got your entry in. Please do that. We yeah, will email, be for that. Send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Put Pac-Man in the subject line and make sure you put your address in there so we know where to send it. Uh, again, we'll keep all that information private, but that's how you enter, guys. Make sure you enter, and we will pick somebody. Tim will pick somebody at random, and right. we'll ship it to you. So there we go. Um, I do want to also thank the live chat. You guys were great tonight. We love having you guys here. It's always fun when there's more people in the live chat. Tim, um, doing it on the first is not my favorite thing because right. I feel like you know people get paid and maybe they want to go out or whatever the case may be. But I think this one worked out pretty well, so we're glad that all of you guys could join us tonight. We appreciate you all being here live, but we also appreciate it if you're watching this after the fact. But we would... We would encourage you to join us next month for the live show. Tim, we have five weeks till the next one. We have an okay. extra week because September's a little bit longer. Right. Plus, we are starting on the first. So it'll be a little while before our next one. But we do hope that you join us for the first Thursday night in October, Tim. Right. Which will be, we'll be talking Halloween. Maybe I'll wear an, uh, a Halloween-y shirt or something. Maybe I'll have some uh, pictures, maybe with you. If you are in the Connecticut, new, uh, near Boston area. Uh, let me know. Maybe we can hang out and get a few snapshots or something. There we go. Well, guys, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, you can stay tuned for the after show. But if this is your exit ramp, we just want to remind you, here at Arcade Repair Tips, when we fix the game... We play the game. Take Bye, care, everybody. everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.